Friday. Welcome. Feel the good vibrations, everybody. Welcome to the show. Adam Azer and Scott White, another scam episode here. And hey, I I hung out with Chris last night. He's on a little business trip up here in New York. He misses everybody. And he's on vacation next week. So Scott, like, we're just dominating this podcast lately. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Though, I like you it. Know. Next week, there is a company holiday at the end of the week. There is. Not just a company holiday, an American holiday. Yes. And, and uh, that, thank you for reminding me. Programming note, then. The plan, right? Are you working Friday, Scott? Let's have this conversation. I'm not. You're not. I'm not. Let's, yeah, let's, let's have a production meeting right now. Okay, so there will be no show on Thursday. I do think there will be a show on Friday, but apparently Scott won't be on it. But we'll cobble something together. Uh, so <laughs> everybody, look forward to 4th of July. I love 4th of July. It's going to be great. So uh, that'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. All right, we've got to talk about two-star pitchers, obviously. Uh, get you ready for, I don't even know, week 15? Is it 15 coming up? I think so. <laughs> think so well it's different ones in different leagues of course the standard i think it's uh yeah i think it's 15 okay great but more importantly we got some prospects coming up coming one's coming back and one's coming up and yeah you know i'm excited about brendan mckay even though i did not get him on waivers in my yahoo league which is complete crap but brendan mckay is going to start (laughs) throwing him into the fire against texas on saturday now two questions one is this just because they played 18 innings yesterday and they need someone or is it more permanent? And two, are you willing to start Brendan McKay, who just has great, great numbers in the minors as a pitcher and actually starting to do better as a hitter? And then we'll talk about that. That'll be the third question. But one, is he up to stay? Two, will you start him this weekend against home against Texas? Brandon McKay. I uh, I I wouldn't be afraid to start him this weekend. I, the the main way he stood out throughout his minor league career is strikeout to walk ratio. So the guy throws strikes and um, you know misses enough bats. But the, that the other question is is really one I can't give the answer to. It is the reason he got called up. Ryan Yarbrough, who I don't know if we call him Saturday's intended starter or Saturday, you know, the guy who was supposed to pitch the most innings, whether it was following an opener or not. But he had to pitch three. Thursday in an 18-inning game, and that's why apparently they're summoning McKay. That doesn't mean that they couldn't keep him around if they want to. Uh, Jalen Beeks, who is one of three hybrid starter relievers who pitches a lot of innings every fifth day, doesn't pitch that many when he pitches. It's usually around three or four. So, uh, you know, they could make him a more traditional reliever and have McKay take his spot. There's certainly there's certainly places to put McKay if they want to put him there. And maybe Saturday's performance will help determine that. But there are really a lot of questions surrounding McKay. He was taking a turn every sixth day at AAA. He was limited to five innings a start at AAA. Now, both of those, from what I understand, were to save some innings for a potential promotion down the line. So does that mean they're not going to 
bother saving innings now that he's here. I mean, he's only like 10 away from last year's total, so it's not like he's making it to October either way. Maybe they'll just kind of let him go until he's done. I don't know. Um, Are they going to want to continue to develop him as a hitter? Because it doesn't look like they're ready to force feed him at bats in the majors. That's going to hurt their playoff chances. So is that going to be a reason they send him back down since he is... A, has been a two-way player throughout his minor league career, or will they let the innings run out and then send him back down to only hit and solve the issue that way? I, I don't know. These are all important questions and ones that I can only speculate about. But what I'm not going to speculate about is whether or not you should add him because in an environment where it's hard to put anything together and that you trust at pitcher because so many home runs are being hit. This is a guy who has the potential to make an impact, whether it's five innings a time or not, with great ratios, and you always take a shot at upside in this environment. And and then we'll see and then we'll go from there. We'll make a determination from there. We'll see how things unfold. But you have to pick up McKay because the upside is too high not to. Would you drop Zach Gallen for Brendan McKay? No. No, I draw the line there. I have McKay 58 in my starting pitcher rankings. I think Gallon is like 54th, 53rd, something like that. I also want to drop Jesus Luzardo for McKay because he will be up soon. And I think it's much clearer the role he's going to have. And I, I think I think he dominated in, in ways that are a little more trustworthy are going to to transition to the majors. Um you how, know, about, how about how about like a how about like growing. a Sonny Gray? I don't want to get you know down. I I, I want to yeah. kind of compare to McKay. Now. Would yeah. you drop like Sonny McGra- Sonny Gray for Brendan McKay? I would. Yes, I would. Though Sonny Gray isn't too many spots behind him, so you're in the right range of pitchers that we're talking about here. All right. Uh, Joe Musgrove had a very good start yesterday. Musgrove or McKay? I would go McKay. Really? I'd go McKay. All right. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. who who is the more exciting pickup right now? Uh, Brennan McKay or Keston Hira, who is coming back and 281, 333, 531 slash line, three walks of 23 strikeouts, only one steal in 17 games. But Travis Shaw is going back to the minors. Keston Hira is coming back up. Hira is 59% owned. McKay is 48% owned. Obviously, it depends on your team need hitting versus pitching. But just in general, yeah. who's a more attractive ad right now? Well, everybody needs a pitcher. I'm, I'm sure there's nobody who looks at their pitching staff and says, this is fine. Everyone may not need a second baseman. That being said, I feel like the chances are better that Hira's an impact fantasy performer rest of way than uh, the McKay is. He was really starting to find himself at the majors uh, that last week before he got sent back down because Travis Shaw came off the IL and he's just a natural with the bat. Obviously his minor league numbers are terrific. I would add Hero over Kevin Biggio, who's a guy we've been hyping a lot recently, or Jonathan VR, somebody like that. I think I've I'd put him around 14th in my second base rankings. Haven't had a chance to adjust those yet. Uh, which, you know, 14th means in a shallow league, you know, particularly if you're devoting a lot of your bench to pitchers, maybe you can't add him, but probably somebody in your league can. And I would be making him a pretty high priority right now off the waiver wire. Okay, so those are the, so those pretty exciting notes right now with uh, Keston Hira and Brandon McKay coming up. And if you want a little bit more confidence in Brandon McKay, 
or maybe I'm steering you down a horrible path. I don't know. Uh, the Rangers, they have a great offense, but they are fifth in OPS against righties. They're 17th in OPS against lefties. So McKay is a lefty. Maybe that helps him a little bit. Scott, Alex Young, I just want to mention him. Arizona starting pitcher, made his major league debut yesterday. Five innings of one-run ball with five strikeouts at San Francisco. Uh, don't, I imagine he could get skipped next week. Arizona has two off days, but if he did make a turn, he'd probably be at the Dodgers. Uh, do you have any interest in Alex Young? This is not a guy who had good minor league numbers when he came up. No. 6.09 ERA at AAA, and I believe he had a 5 ERA last year, so it wasn't just a juiced ball situation at AAA. What's weird about him is he threw 42 sliders. He threw 16 fastballs. <laughs> I, I'm assuming wow. that data is right. I didn't watch him pitch, but that is that is weird. So not not really feeling it? No. Okay. All right, good. So, look, I haven't had a chance. I'm, I am in a food coma from last night. Chris Towers and Ben Gretsch, who's on our fantasy staff, and I and a few other people from CBS, we dominated some barbecue last night. It was amazing. A pound and a half of brisket, more than a pound of pulled pork. Uh, some, By yourself? No, no, this no. This is what you eat? Four of us. Oh, okay. Uh, what else did we get? Uh, uh, a couple of spare ribs some sausage, and then like a, t- a ton of sides. It was great. It was almost as great as meeting Bill Clinton a week ago. I don't want to talk about Bill anymore, you know, whatever. But um, uh, we had fun, and I'm in a food coma, and it was great. And I met a listener last night. I met Josh, who a year or two ago was responsible for the bet uh, when I said that Fernando Rodney was going to lose his closer's job by like May 1st or June 1st, and I lost, so I had to eat peeps on the air. That was Josh's fault. But I met him, and it was great. I always love meeting um, our listeners. So hopefully we'll get to meet more of you at a later date. Let's talk about two-star pitchers here. This is my first glance at the list. Uh, and guys who are owning 70% of leagues or fewer. And, oh, all right. Actually, not that bad with Pavetta, Logan Allen, and Matt Strom. I've seen worse lists. Um, Ariel Harado certainly making an interesting case, I guess, at, at, in deeper leagues. So, um, I don't know, Scott, is there one guy that you think uh, is widely available that needs to be owned for next week? I think that there there's, doesn't look like a huge standout here, uh, but there are several guys who would be okay. I think Logan Allen versus San Francisco at the Dodgers. He's 55% owned, so among those most widely available uh I think he'd be my first choice. Okay. Uh, you know, Zach Gallant's 75% owned. Well, he also, it's also not totally clear how long he's going to have a spot. So, but, um, you know, if you haven't picked him yet up already, this, this week would make for a fine time to do so. Okay. Uh, Logan Allen and Zach Gallon. I like that. And Matt Strom has the same matchups as Logan Allen. They both have San Francisco and at the Dodgers. One great matchup, one terrible matchup. And uh, it might be good enough for a two-start week. We'll do more of the two-start pitchers in a little bit. Let's go to the standout. So let me preview what's coming up on today's show. We're going to talk a little trade. We'll look at the most traded list. We'll look at the most added list. And we've got a lot of your emails at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. We got some hay real quick. But my standouts from yesterday, Scott, are all in the bullpen. So let's talk about some closers. Edwin Diaz. Five runs, recorded one out, blew the save, gave up five runs. A just miserable week for the Mets gets even worse. 
Uh, fourth blown save, and Diaz has a 494 ERA. Hector Neris, his second terrible appearance in his last six. He blew a save against the Mets. Craig Kimbrell. Hey, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, his strikeout of Brian McCann was one of the worst calls I've seen all year, so just keep that in mind. But he did get have a clean inning, and he says he's still ramping it up a little bit. Might oh, it might He had be, a scoreless inning. I don't know if I uh, call it a clean Scoreless, inning. thank you. A walk, he did give up a walk and a hit. Scoreless inning. It might be a little bit until I'm full bore with all I got, but right now it felt pretty good. And he walked out to Sweet Child of Mine. Does he always walk out to Sweet Child of Mine? Uh, I actually don't know. I don't know. It's pretty good. It's a good entry, that. good entrance song. Uh, it's a great riff. Uh, and Wade Davis. Like, Kimbrel, I think we can do separately. But when we look at Diaz, Hector Neris, and Wade Davis, Wade Davis, like, dude needs to lose his job to Scott Oberg, okay? <laughs> uh, what? Who are you most concerned about of those three kind of struggling closers right now? Diaz, Neris, and, and Davis. Uh, well, Davis, I mean, yeah, like you said, dude needs to lose his job. I think the contrast for him and, between him and Scott Oberg yesterday it was pretty clear. You know, Davis has allowed 12 earned runs in his last eight appearances up to a 6 ERA. Oberg has about a 2 ERA and struck out the side in the eighth. So I think if you play in a league where saves are hard to find, Oberg, you need to make sure he's on your roster. Uh, you know, Neris... I don't think it's enough for the Phillies to play around with that, but they are a team that doesn't seem to mind playing around with the ninth inning, so that's a little scary. I'm actually I'm actually not that worried about Edwin Diaz, as awful as it's been lately. Um, his BABIP is through the roof. His XFIP Sierra all suggests he should have more like a mid-two ZRA, and the Mets don't really have a great alternative. Obviously, they paid a lot to make him their closer this offseason. Uh, I, I think they're going to keep running him out there. You know, another outing or two like this, maybe they pull back on him for a while, as the Mariners had to do, I think, a couple years ago. But I don't think it would ever, it would be, you know, you're just you're done being a closer. I think it would be, let's take a little time to get you right. But still, it's a frustrating and disappointing development for what was probably the first closer drafted in your league. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a bad stretch. I mean... He, he First of all, Diaz has already allowed more home runs this year than last year, which isn't a huge surprise given the home runs home run rates, but still, already more than last year. But his first 24 appearances, he had a 164 ERA. He had 35 walks, or 35 strikeouts to six walks in 22 innings. So, you know, it's just been it's just been kind of a rough stretch for Diaz, and I think the stuff still looks seems pretty good. Neris with Robertson on the IL with with uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez on the IL. Like I don't know that there's a clear guy that they would replace him with. So I think I don't want to see him blow another save, but I think he's probably safe for right. now. And every time Kapler that I've seen him talk about Neris, it's been pretty positive. And we've made our stance clear on Wade Davis. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him back on the IL with shoulder inflammation, you know, something like that. Uh, Craig Kimbrell. Any thoughts? We can move on from this pretty quickly, I'd say, Scott. But uh, any thoughts on Craig Kimbrell? I mean, his velocity was down after already being down last year. It was down like a mile per hour from last year, but... Still good, Hard to make too much of the first outing. Still still threw pretty hard, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. It was average 96.5 on his (laughs) fastball hit. Right, right, right. uh, 97, 98, something like that. 
All right, we got a couple of sponsors today. We got Indochino and we've got ZipRecruiter. Indochino, you know how it is. Beautiful suits, custom suits. Go to Indochino.com and use the promo code FBT at checkout. And uh, you'll hear about that offer in a little bit. ZipRecruiter, if you're looking for a job, if you're looking to hire someone, please go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's our URL. And, um, yeah, get uh, you can try it for free. So, uh, speaking of which, let's hear from one of those sponsors right now. When we come back, we got some news and notes, an update on Giancarlo Stanton, an update on Kyle Hendricks. Very relevant, perhaps, for you Adbert Azalai owners. We'll be right back on Fantasy Baseball today. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. So Giancarlo Stanton is going to miss at least a month and a week, I guess. He's not going to be back until August at the earliest. Uh, do, you, do you think they call up Clint Frazier, Scott? I, I don't want to have this conversation every day, but it, now that we know it's a very pretty long-term injury, do you think Frazier's someone that we I need mean, to at, at, at some point during that time, they'll probably have occasion to call up Clint Frazier, yes. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think I own him in a 15-team Roto League. I never dropped him in that format, and obviously I'm not going to now. Okay. Uh, but I don't know exactly when it'll be and how much he'll play when it does happen. Kyle Hendricks could be back before the All-Star break. Yeah, what, what do you think this means for Alzali? Uh, I mean, it could mean it's a short stay in the majors. It could mean they find another way to keep him around. Somebody else goes on, on the IL between now and then. Maybe Hendricks suffers a setback. I'm not. If I was the one who grabbed Alzali, I'm not dropping him now, except for maybe like Brendan McKay, something like that. Uh. But, uh, but yeah, it could be a short stay. It always could have been a short stay. Sure. They're using a six-man rotation now. Tyler Chatwood's not very good, so maybe they remove Chatwood and go six-man, but teams don't typically do that. So just be wary if you own Alzali. You shouldn't be counting on him, right? you got to be cautious with that. Uh, Chris Davis is day-to-day. He was hit by a pitch on the elbow. Jordan Alvarez, and we are saying Jordan. And I'm No, Jordan. We are saying Jordan, and I'm sticking to that. He left with a knee issue. And Are it was, we? Yes. Why do you think it's Jordan? What because did I miss? the front like, office. I've never heard anybody else call him because Jordan. Because I think George, Jeff Luno said that it that he wants to be called Jordan. So okay, that, and that is that. that has circulated. That has made its way around. That's what Jim Bowden told us, and I've seen some confirmation on that. So Jordan Alvarez, he left with a knee issue. It's precautionary, but there's going to be an MRI. So you should be stashing Kyle Tucker anyway. But Alvarez actually played the outfield yesterday, so if he's hurt, just another reason for them to think about bringing up Kyle Tucker. 
Spencer Turnbull yeah. left with a shoulder. All-star break coming up. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be that bad of an injury for them to put Alvarez on the IL. It's like you read the waiver wire column this morning. Did you, Adam? Or no. did you come up with that? I didn't even look at the two-star pitchers, so no, I didn't read the waiver wire column. <laughs> uh, but uh, Spencer Turnbull has left shoulder fatigue, and MRI was negative. Eddie Rosario sat with a sprained ankle, and he did not appear in an 18-inning game, so it must be fairly serious. Kevin Kier- oh, who knows? Maybe he'll be back today. But I-, I thought it was a little bit of a red flag that Rosario didn't play in an 18-inning game. Kevin Kiermeyer left with leg tightness. They're calling it day-to-day. Angelton Simmons is back. Williams Ostadio is on the IL with an oblique strain. Kyle Seeger remains day-to-day with a hand injury. Lorenzo Cain returned to the lineup after cryogenic thumb treatment, and he batted sixth, and he's still not 100%, but Craig Council said that he will be back to the leadoff spot when he's at full strength. Alex Avila could come off the IL this weekend. Why is that relevant? Because if we don't want it to eat into Carson Kelly's playing time, Kelly homered again yesterday. This catcher is is a must-own. Uh, there's a CBSSports.com article about Lourdes Goriel and why he might be hitting better. I encourage you to read it. The gist of it is he switched positions, and he's been better against breaking balls. And Hunter Pence made the All-Star team. And ordinarily, I'd love to talk about the All-Star team, but I'd rather talk fantasy today, Scott. So let me play some fun music that everybody loves and let's say to a third baseman who's 66% owned hey Yandy Diaz we say welcome back welcome back Yandy Diaz so before going on the IL you know decent numbers but was not a top 20 was not a top 15 third baseman was not a top 20 first baseman and a lot of people are like, hey, Yandy Diaz is coming back. Should I drop him or this other guy? Like, I don't know. How how much of a must-own do you think Yandy Diaz is? I don't think he should be owned in much more than 66% of leagues. Maybe closer to like 75. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way, particularly at the two positions where he's eligible, first base and third base, the way... Um, things have gone there this year. Like he just, I just don't think he has the upside to really force his way up rank the, the rankings. Really, you know, like uh, like the the twentieth player at each of those positions is a really good player, and uh, and and so I does does Yandy Diaz deserve to overtake them? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, you know he's he's had improved the power this year, but like everybody's power is up this year, and I don't think it's you know he's probably going to top out around twenty twenty five home runs, and yeah, I don't know, he's just kind of fringy. I feel like. All right, so would you rather have how, how about rank these three guys: Tommy Listella, Michael Chavis, and Yandy Diaz? Well, I'd put Chavis third, Tommy Listella first, but. Yeah. Yandy Diaz is the only one of the three who doesn't have second base eligibility. Okay. And so that obviously has to factor into the discussion. But, uh, but yeah, Chavis' strikeout rate is up to, like, it's, like, one of the very worst in baseball now. He's really, he's really fallen on hard times for the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. I think when Mitch Moreland comes back, and I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they sent him down. So, all right. Scott, this is the most important segment of the show. Are you ready for it? Are you excited? Convince me. Mm-hmm. Convince me that you fake it. Fake it till you make it, Scott. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is going to be great. So, look, we're, we're about halfway through the season. 
And I looked at I what I would call the five best breakouts so far. Five guys who have just been amazing hitters. And we didn't see it coming, at least with four of them. Josh Bell, top five hitter. He was kind of cold in 22 games. He had a 742 OPS, and then he homered in back-to-back games Wednesday and Thursday. Joey Gallo has an OPS over 1,100, a 383 Babbitt, but just he's having a great year. Cattell Marte is a top 10 hitter. Scott's been talking about him a lot lately, and uh, already 20 home runs. Uh, his career high, I think, was 14 last year. And Eduardo Escobar, same team, top 15 hitter. He's been really good. Pete Alonzo, top 10 hitter. So Josh Bell, Joey Gallo, Cattell Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Pete Alonzo. I, I would say there's a case that they're the five best breakouts of the season, uh, at least in terms of hitters. What do you think about them going forward? And since I want to talk a little trade today, if you were going to sell high on any of them or all of them, who would you sell high on? And last time I'll give the names in case people are a little behind. Uh, Josh Bell, Joey Gallo, Cattell Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Pete Alonso. What do you think about these big breakouts, Scott? I'm pretty much buying into all of them with the exception of maybe Eduardo Escobar, who I think is... This is his roughly the right profile for him in terms of, okay, he's a not-so-great-on-base guy who has power. Uh, but it's just been too much. It's just been too much power. Uh, the expected stats don't back up what he's doing. And really, none, none of the other data suggests he should be hitting quite this many home runs. And so I expect there's going to be there's going to be some regression there for Eduardo Escobar. But the others I feel pretty good about. Even Cattell Marte, who I never would have imagined would be this caliber of power hitter. Yeah, but but how um, can he but hasn't he's not. Had to... You know, like he What was that? Uh, he but he how could he be? And and let's and okay, let's say he there is a power spike. Cattell Marte hit 259 or 260 three straight seasons and now he's batting 320. So this is where it's hard, right? Like I understand the batted ball data backs it up. It's not like a crazy high home run to fly ball rate. It's not a crazy high Babbitt. Mate. I'm actually not 100% sure, but no, it's it's not. I don't think. No, uh, no right. actually, 37% fly ball rate is, is high for him, but not the home run to mm-hmm. fly ball rate. So I get it that the, the batted ball data backs it up, but the history doesn't. Because even if you give him the 2019 environment boost, he is hitting way over his head. So I... If, if my guess is, in the second half, Cattell Marte's numbers, his batted ball data, and his actual numbers regress. Because it, they might it just hasn't degree, been anything but close I, I do think he's I do think he's legitimately broken out as a power hitter. Now, maybe he doesn't quite reach 40 home runs. And so there's some, you know, maybe he hits 12 the rest of the way. And it ends up with 32. I mean, um Right, you but know, 12 home runs rest of season. Nobody's considering him anything less than a stud, even if that happens. No, so. I don't agree with that. I think if he hits 12 home runs rest of season, then you got to talk to me, what's the batting average? Because I think, you know, we can no, talk... He's a, he has his K rate, I mean, is he makes a lot of contact. But he's always and, been a 260 uh, hitter, you know? Are you, do you think he just should right. have been a better hitter? I... That's a difficult question to answer. Uh, 
I think this environment has, and it hasn't been just the year. Obviously, this year has been the most extreme example of it, but the past few years, guys hitting for more power than we ever thought was possible for them. I mean, he's only 25 years old, so yeah. he he wasn't a fully formed player coming into this year. Uh, and then you get him elevating the ball more. You get him hitting the ball much harder when the you know the whole environment seems to allow for the possibility of players <laughs> hitting the ball harder. Yeah, you know. So like, if you want to say it's juiced ball, if you want to say there are other factors at play there, there are probably it's probably more than just the ball, though the ball is probably the biggest factor. Uh, but I think, considering the pace hasn't slowed. For this whole half of the season, uh, and and yeah, I mean, you could dismiss the data if you want. No, but I, I don't want to dismiss it. It does back it up. Like <laughs> I, I just don't know. Other than just, I don't believe Cattell Marte could do this because I never thought he could before this year. There's well, really yeah. not a case to make against. Him. He's a top ten hitter in fantasy. I don't believe he's a top ten hitter, and I can understand that a guy could have a half season where he just hits the ball great. I don't expect it to continue. I don't think Atel Marte is going to be one of the best players in baseball. I do think he's going mm-hmm. to be must start. But I, I guess put it this way. Like, I'm I'm struggling because I'm trying to get Blake Snell in a league. And the okay. centerpiece of my deal would be Joey Gallo. And, like, Joey Gallo is incredible. But we're talking about a yeah. like low 200s batting average guy. Who's got a 383 BABIP? He's he's not striking out less. He's walking more this year. So OBP league, I'd feel safer. This happens to be a, a batting average league. Um, but I guess when you look at this list of Bell, Gallo, Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Pete Alonso, I agree with you. I, when I did the research this morning and I looked at all the numbers, I'm glad you said what you said about Escobar because he was the one that seemed the least legit. Uh, but the yeah. other guys, Bell, Gallo, Marte, and Alonso. Would you trade any of them for surefire studs? You know, like like a Jose Altuve, who I think it's fair to have questions about him because of the health and because he's not running. Mm-hmm. Who would you trade from this list for Jose Altuve? Because I don't think I'd give up Josh Bell for him, and I'm not sure I'd give up Joey Gallo for Jose Altuve, and that seems crazy to me. I think I would trade Marte and Alonso for him, but let's let's do that without Tuve. Like, where are you with those four versus Jose? Oh yeah, Tuve is a tricky case. Yeah, right. Yeah, because he hasn't he hasn't looked right all season. He hasn't played much this season though. So, um, should we do a different player? <laughs> I moved him down. Well, the only one I think in the last trade chart, which was a couple weeks ago at this point, the only one I had ahead of him was uh, I think it was Josh Bell. But they're all right in the same range, except for not Escobar, of course. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's when it, they're close enough in value, I usually just prefer to stick with the guy I have. Uh, I, I yeah, I wouldn't want to disrupt it too much. Though Gallo is is I think apart from Escobar, the one who I still have some doubts about, just because it's it's so unprecedented for a guy who strikes out like he does to. Uh, be as good as he is, and he wasn't before this year. It's a high BABIP, but the quality of contact he makes, it makes sense for him to have a high BABIP. You could certainly, you don't have to squint too hard to buy into what Joey Gallo is doing, but uh, it's it's just such a, 
it, it feels like kind of a tight tight rope walk because it's relying on him doing some being an outlier in a number of ways uh, that isn't totally fair to expect. And yet, I mean, you watch him play and it's it's obvious that the guy makes just crushes the ball. Yeah. Oh, and, he's uh, got like a 58 percent hard contact, right? 57 percent. So yeah. so how yeah. many between Bell, Gallo, Marte and Alonzo, how many of them would you trade straight up for Blake Snell? Uh, you know, I it's so much harder to find a good pitcher than a good hitter. You should be buying low on Blake Snell. I'm not sure any of which are we we've we're eliminating Escobar from this conversation, right? And just yeah. going with the we other. We would four. definitely trade Escobar for Snell. What about the other yes. four? I think I think it's all fair. Like because I think it basically you and I still value Snell as an ace. So I think it's fair to mm-hmm. give up any of them. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's fair. It's it doesn't feel like buying low. Maybe Pete Alonso would be the easiest to justify, uh, just because there are the, he has some shortcomings. But and you know, is he going to hit 50 home runs really this year? 55 home runs, like he's on pace to do. That seems a little far fetched. But he is obviously a great power hitter, and I think he's going to be a must start all season. Uh, but I, I'd probably do Pete Alonso for him. I'm not sure about the other three. So it sounds like you like Marte better than Alonso rest of season. Yeah, I mean, second base. The fact he's eligible at second base in the outfield, which apart from catcher are maybe the two positions where you might be falling short. Um, you know, that's that plays into this as well. Like, we need him to be, a good, to be good in a way we don't need some of these others to be good. All right, Scott. Well, that was a, that was a helpful conversation. I, I think we're, we're buying into a lot of these guys. I'm going to be a little bit hesitant with Marte compared to Scott. Like I said, I still buy that Marte is going to be really good, a breakout player, a must-start player. I don't think that he's this good. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's, but And look, if you happen to get a lot of depth at the positions where he's eligible yeah, uh, and could survive his loss, I, I, you know, pitcher is the one position, as I've said many times, where everybody has a need. So if that's your chance to get Blake Snell... Um, I don't think the average Cattell Marte owner should do it, but it's. I think it's a justifiable trade, certainly. Okay. All right, so let's take another break here on Fantasy Baseball today. We'll look at some of the roster trends, the most traded players, the most added players. Uh, Steven Strasburg's swinging strike rate's been way down lately, so we'll talk about that right back after this on FBT. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Scott, let's talk a little bit more trade and look at the most traded players. Blake Snell is number one. Uh, I am finding it hard in, to to buy Blake Snell low, and I get it, uh, but I'd still buy Blake Snell. Paul Goldschmidt's number two, and do I want to buy Paul Goldschmidt low, Scott? See, it's getting to be a pretty extended slump. <laughs> it is. No, I am definitely. Uh, like I, I didn't. I didn't end up finishing it. I'm going to probably do it next week, but 
I was working on a, a dynasty update where I give the five players who've improved their dynasty value the most, meaning uh, like I, I feel like obviously it's going to stick. Five players who've lost the most dynasty value, five prospects who've gained the most dynasty value. Goldschmidt was among the five who've lost the most value. You know, the the fact he's 31, it doesn't play into the um, just uh, the redraft league argument, obviously. But yeah, it's getting to be pretty concerning, especially given how many other good options have emerged at first base. Yeah, I, and I still think that there's obviously, I mean, he's 79 games into the season. This is a longer slump than last year. Obviously, there's a chance he turns it around and mm. has a great second half. We are not counting Paul Goldschmidt out. Uh, but I think that you're ask that the asking price should be lower now. I just think that if we're like if we're drafting him today, if we're drafting again today, I'm still taking Blake Snell, maybe like in the same vicinity. I'm definitely waiting longer on Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, Josh Bell has passed him. That's I think that's been clear for a while now. I think I'd rank Pete Alonso ahead of him too. Joey Gallo, I think I'd rank both of them ahead of him. Okay, Jose Ramirez. How are we feeling about him? Do we think he's turning his season around? I personally, I need to see some home runs before I'm convinced. Well, if I don't know that a complete turnaround is possible, like I don't know that he can get hits and get home runs um, the way the the changes he made to start hitting home runs in the first place and the way the league has adjusted back to him. And I'm borrowing heavily from others who've written about this subject, but um, yeah, it, it relied on him being pitched on the inside portion of the plate and turning on that. And he's just not getting pitched that way anymore. So he kind of has to make a choice of whether he's going to be 35 home run guy or whether he's going to be, somebody who hits for a high average. I think he can regress to the guy he was maybe two years ago, certainly three years ago, which would still be a great fantasy player. But I don't think he's going to be who he was last year. All right, that's Jose Ramirez. His last 13 games, he's batting 306 with a 386 OBP and a 510 slugging percentage. He has, that's an 896 OPS, two steals, only one home run, three doubles, two triples. So at least he's giving you something. And it's hard for me to like trade him. I get offers on on Jose Ramirez because actually, like the eighteen, I think he's eighteen steals on the year. They're they're very valuable. So, um, all right. Yep. I want to move to the most added list here, but I see Aaron Nola is number four on the most traded list. Another good start yesterday. That's two excellent starts in a row for Nola. Um, they are they came again. This is seven scoreless innings with one hit and ten strikeouts. And uh, the Marlins were his previous start. This one was against the the Mets, and his previous one was a. 10 strikeout performance at the Marlins. Do you think he's back? Mm -hmm. I hesitate to say he's all the way back because the swinging strike rate is still way down from a year ago. And, eh. But at the same time, in terms of actually getting strikeouts, he is 78 and 64 in a third innings in his past 10 starts. So uh, He's mentioned that he's getting ahead of hitters better the last two starts. I'm not... I'm not really sure how to verify that claim, but I can say that his first pitch strike rate is way, way down from a year ago for the entire season. So I do buy the idea that the, that was maybe contributing to the problem, not getting ahead of hitters and Interesting. Then, you know, not being able to employ your arsenal in the most effective way. So I, I'm encouraged, definitely. I feel like I jumped the gun moving him down 20 spots prior to these two starts and have 
since moved him back into my top 25. Okay, so let's uh, let's go to the most added list then. Most added players, Liam Hendricks is number one. He's your closer for the A's. He's 59% owned. Do we have a timetable on uh, Blake, Blake Trinan? Well, he threw, I think, twenty a uh, flat ground. He threw like 20 pitches of bullpen sessions coming up this weekend. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a long-term absence for Trinan. Okay. So that might be someone on the most drop list soon, but I get it. Liam Hendricks right now. Logan Allen is number two. We talked about him. He's a two-star pitcher. Ross Stripling is 84% owned, and I think if you're the if you're the Julio Arias owner, I'd really like to have both of them, uh, if possible. If you're the Ross Stripling owner, I would just I could see Arias getting dropped, but I would make a, like a super buy low offer, like the last player on your roster or something. Uh, I don't know. You feel that way, Scott? Like I I'd love to get whoever joins the Dodgers rotation. Now, if they're just going to be picking back, piggybacking off each other for the next like month and mm-hmm. a half or whatever, that's bad. But I don't think that's going to happen. Stripling looks like the front runner. And if he does join the Dodgers rotation, he could be great. He was last year. So I would like to, yeah. I would like to have that spot in the Dodgers rotation. And if I could get both of them on my team, I, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I would like to, too. But that's, you know, it's easier to, to, to find one roster spot than two and uh stripling i don't think has a huge advantage over arias especially if they keep piggybacking i mean you're going to want the guy who goes second if they keep piggybacking so that's yeah. the guy who's going to be more likely to get wins <laughs> yeah the other one wouldn't stand a chance of getting wins frankly uh so i i would go with uh alzali i would go with uh who are we just talking about at the top but mckay i would go with both of them over Stripling or Arias, but Ooh, Stripling and Arias are players I want. Interesting, interesting. Okay, Alzali is uh, fourth on the most added list. Bobby Bradley's fifth. I think if you if you own Bradley, first base eligible only, Roto would probably be his format because he's going to strike out a ton. He already has seven strikeouts in like 15 plate appearances. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto, 80% owned. Yeah, would you drop Yamamoto for Brendan McKay? I would. Yes, I hope I wouldn't have to, but if push came to shove, I, I think McKay's skills are on a different level than Yamamoto's. Carlos Martinez, 66% owned and makes sense. He's got a chance to be the closer for the Cardinals. Chris Taylor, definitely someone we should talk about, 49% owned. And Chris Taylor, got my he's in my notes today, last 10 games, batting 514 with three home runs, including one at Coors Field yesterday, and two steals. Uh, so he might only have another like week and a half before he's a bench player again. But what do you think about Chris Taylor, 49% owned? Yeah, he has just been on fire since taking over. And maybe, I'm not sure exactly where, maybe it's here and there. Maybe it opens the door for more playing time for him going forward. But uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't actually added him anywhere because it does seem like the window might be sh- small for him. Okay. A lot of guys on the most added list, the window might be small for them, including Alzali and McKay, but you have to take chances on those types of players. Um, and we've talked about so many more of these guys, so I am content to move on, I think. Okay, Scott, I'm trying to plan the show here because I got a lot to get to, including the two-start pitchers. I do apologize. I will not have streaming weekend streamers. I just forgot, and then it was like five minutes before the show, and I was like, crap. So I apologize for that. That's my bad. Um, 
emails. Let's do this. Let's finish up yesterday's stuff. Hey, real quick, Shohei Otani or Justin Upton? Shohei Otani. Hey, real quick, from, from Benjamin. <laughs> from Benjamin, uh, you see the uh, Otani versus Upton comparison. Both have been very good, but yeah, I'd take Otani too. Uh, by the way, Otani is crushing lefties this year. Holy cow. If he starts hitting lefties, he might be one of the best hitters in baseball. Benjamin wants to know, Scott Kingery or Nick Senzel rest of season? Senzel. All right, who are you moved to add amongst these hot hitters? Mike Franco, Chris Taylor, mention him again. Ryan McMahon actually was one for 23 on the road, and then he came home yesterday and went two for five with a home run. Kevin Newman has been very good leading off for the Pirates. Corey Dickerson off to a nice little start in his return from the IL. Eric Thames and Todd Frazier are only 13% owned, and they've been doing some good things. Now, Thames has at least six righties on the schedule next week. So if you're in a deep league and you need someone, Thames might start six or seven games next week and uh, has an 866 OPS against righties. Todd Frazier has been absolutely on fire. He's got like a 930-ish OPS in his last 39 games. So uh, Taylor we talked about, but Michael Franco, Ryan McMahon, Corey Dickerson, Kevin Newman, Eric Thames, Todd Frazier. Are we missing the boat by not picking up any of these guys? I don't think any of them I'm super eager to add the only one who I might slot ahead of Taylor in priority, and obviously I just talked about how I hadn't added Taylor anywhere, uh, is McMahon, just because of the upside in that environment, which we've been saying all season. And apart from brief stretches, it hasn't really amounted to much. So you know, that's that's kind of my level of interest for this group. Okay, I just got to tell you that we got called out um, that there's a new drinking game apparently, and it's whenever the word environment is used on this show. Really? One of our listeners is going to take a drink, and um, he's wasted right now. So, because we <laughs> have said it so many times. That's Matt from Dublin. Matt, I'm sorry that so early in the morning you're having so many. They're like, it's, I, I don't just single out Scott, because I've been saying it a lot, too. Environment is the, is the word of the show. And we have well, just, What's a better way to say it? What's a different way to I say it? I don't know, but we're going to have to try to vary it up. We're going to have to try. Um, yeah. Are you done talking about those hitters? Yes. Okay. Four-man rotation. Your quick thought on Zach Wheeler. We talked about Nola. The very bad Brad Peacock and the very average Steven Strasburg lately. Zach Wheeler's like my favorite player this year because he might be... Uh, the most say it, uh, say it environment demonstrative of the changing landscape <laughs> at starting pitcher. <laughs> yes. Now I've always we've, we've been ERA. saying buy low, buy low, buy low on Wheeler, and we're sticking to it. And yeah. he's good. He's good. He goes deep into games. He's better than his. Numbers. I don't expect ERA to get much better than four fifty. Maybe it maybe it can drop just a little below four. Maybe hopefully. Uh, but he pitches deep into games and usually gets more than a strikeout per inning, and that's that's just such an unusual combination to find. Like if you know, unless unless you're going a reliever heavy route, I don't know how he's not one of the top 30, 35, 
40 at least starting pitchers in fantasy. I wish Brad Peacock were a little more valuable because he's good. I mean, he got crushed yesterday, but he doesn't pitch deep into games. He has one quality start in his last five starts. It was an amazing start at the Yankees. I'm going to be sitting him next week at Colorado. I think I'm just going to hang on to Brad Peacock and, and start him when he's not at Colorado, but... Um, I wish he pitched deeper into games. He usually throws about 90 pitches. And any concerns about Steven Strasburg? Uh, not a lot of strikeouts. A 10% swinging strike rate, in a strike rate in his last three starts. Yeah, I don't think three starts is a long enough stretch to raise concerns for me. But uh, his ERA, his ERA is approaching four now too. That's just kind of that's just kind of what you expect for every ace pitcher. You know, the the good starts are good enough. I don't know. It it's I don't know. It's it's strange. It's we were we talked about it a lot yesterday, obviously. Is I, I don't really know how to adjust for this yet because obviously you say a guy pitches a lot of innings and that's why we like them anyway. It means more strikeouts, it means a better chance of wins. Uh, but it also means that ERA counts for even more. And it, it hurts your team ERA even more. Um in a points league, you don't care about that at all, obviously. But in a categories league, you do. I just don't know what the the alternate approach is other than to go reliever heavy, in which case you're giving up on strikeouts and wins, which may be worth it. I don't know. We talked about. We obviously got into this a lot yesterday. We don't need to rehash it. But um, Scott, would you rather have Strasburg or Snell? I'd rather have like Strasburg is sixth in my starting pitcher ranking. ERA approaching 46. I think the top five probably stands out from the rest now. Um, but that's, you know, I moved Snell down to like ninth, I think, or something like that. So I, I do have Strasburg. I think Snell has more upside, but there's also some concerns there that he's not healthy or whatever else. Scott, uh, Strasburg is the number eight starting pitcher in fantasy, even with that high ERA. The top, the top eight are Verlander, Ryu, Scherzer, Granky, Miner, Miner, uh, Morton, Cole, and Strasburg. So there we yeah. go. Uh, all right, let's do this segment. New segment. Ten emails in five minutes. Scott, you're on the clock. Here we go. From David, with Craig Kimbrell coming back, who should I drop or trade? Greg Holland or Rysel Iglesias? I would trade or I would drop Iglesias. Actually, it's been pretty shaky, and they've taken to using him in un- unconventional ways. I don't know why Greg Holland's save total is so low because the Diamondbacks have not been a bad team this year. Uh, he has. I, it feels has it three, seems like a fluky thing. Three saves since May third, in five chances, yeah. and I went through their entire schedule. They just haven't had that many chances. They've. They cooled off. Yeah, whatever. All right, we got to back to the back to the emails. This is from Justin and Waco. Dear Buzz, Neil, and Michael. Those would be moonwalkers. Rank these starting pitchers going forward in Roto. Domingo Herman could be back next week. Mike Soroka, starting tonight. Zach Gallen, Brendan McKay, Caleb Smith, and Ross Stripling. Why don't you give me your top four, Scott? Herman, Soroka, Gallen, McKay, Caleb Smith, Stripling. Michael didn't walk on the moon. But um, my top four here would be Herman, Caleb Smith, Soroka, and Gallon. Okay. By the way, it's it's Michael Jackson, you know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, here's an email. I don't know a name. Can you rank these pitchers, who, who, the order of who you're excited about? He wants you to rank all seven. I'm going to ask you for your top four. Gallon, Flaherty, McKay, Carlos Martinez. 
Pavetta, Alzali, Arias. Who's your top four between Gallon, Flaherty, McKay, Martinez, Carlos Martinez, Pavetta, Alzali, and Arias? I would go Flaherty, Gallon, McKay, and Alzali. All right, Jonathan says, Fernando Tatis has been carrying my team in a 10-team points league, but I know he's hitting over his head. How high should we sell Fernando Tatis? If he regresses, he's It's an interesting stud. question. It's yeah. an interesting question because that has been the biggest challenge for me as I kind of immerse myself in the XBA stat for the first time because his XBA is like around 220, 230. I mean, wow. you could just look at his BABIP. He's about mid-400s and recognize... The batting average is probably not something he can sustain, um, but I would, I would have a hard time believing he's not at least a two sixty hitter the rest of the way. And with his power speed combo, that's going to be plenty good enough. Um, Do you put Tatis in, maybe the, in they, the Pete Alonso, Cattell Marte, Joey? I have I have both of them over him. Okay, so I, I there probably is a sell high opportunity there. Okay. Uh, assuming it's not a dynasty league, of course, because you're not giving up Tatis in a dynasty. All right, league. Scott, we got to keep going. We got to keep, keep going. From Jeff F. Dear Nye, Paxton, Pullman, and Buffalo. Those are Bills. I have Kershaw and Ryu as the anchors to my rotation. They're both at cores this weekend. Are they must starts given what happened to Walker Bueller last night? I'm not start- I don't yes, think I'm starting Kershaw. Start. I am not starting Kershaw. All right, I would. Okay, agree to disagree. But I, uh, that, that's fine. Zach H from Houston, Texas. What's up with Edwin Diaz? Uh, uh, we answer this. We answer this. What's up with Edwin Diaz? We're cool with him. All right, we can. We, how about? Uh, would you drop Edwin okay. Diaz to pick up Corey Kluber or Luke Weaver? I would not. Um. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't either. Ryan C from Big Bear Lake, California. Is in a 12-team head-to-head categories league. He's 20 games up in first place, so grade the trade. Austin Riley and Ross Stripling to get Blake Snell. I'm thinking A minus. He says, "Love it, yeah, love it, yes, yes." I mean, I even if even if Riley is this good, um, it still feels like a buy low for Snell, and there's reason to believe Riley's not this good. So it might have been a combo sell high buy low. From Andrew, 12-team head-to-head. Matt Carpenter was just dropped. I have Joey Votto. I have hardly played him. Dozier and Vlad are my first and third baseman. Votto has been better lately. I also have Loriano. Uh, Jeez. Would you be okay to drop Loriano or Votto? To, this is a confusing question. To add Matt Carpenter? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he said categories or points. It's... Much more justifiable in points, but even so, I mean, Loriano, uh, you know, he may be a 2020 guy, but not in a particularly exciting 2020 guy, and I'd rather pursue the upside of Carpenter. Those were eight emails in five minutes, not ten. But let's see, oh. let's see how Scott can do with this one from Brian in Springfield, Missouri. Any chance you could convince Michael Kane to give us an example of what the baseball tips from the London PA announcer will sound like? Now, remember, I said that they're going to sort of help the, the baseball fans the, in the stadium with some, I don't know what they're going to say, but they're going to try to, like, you know, fill them in on what's going on a little bit, educational, I'm not sure. So, how, like, Michael Kane, if he were the PA announcer, Scott, 
What do you think he'd say? <laughs> I once knew a man named Lorenzo, last name Kane, like mine, only spelled differently. No E. <laughs> so this Lorenzo fellow, he played a certain game called baseball. Baseball just so happens to be coming to my homeland this weekend. We're going to see a match between two prestigious organizations, the Red Sox of Boston, the Yankees of New York. Baseball, of course, is a lot like cricket. There are some similarities there. Although in cricket, of course, we're talking about the maiden, the Yorker, the dolly, the golden duck, the mid-wicket, the city point. These terms we know well, of course, but baseball has its own terminology that I do believe is worth exploring right now. For instance, in baseball, there is such a thing as a professional hitter, I've heard. I assume all of the hitters we're going to see are professional. I don't think they're planning on bringing any amateurs over. There's an expression in baseball, he plays the game the right way. <laughs> well, I, I assume the right way is the winning way, right? That would be the way that wins you the game would be the right way to play. I assume, one can only assume. The unwritten rules is something that's brought up in baseball often. I don't know why they wouldn't just take the extra step of writing it down. It would help with the uninitiated like us. Uh, there's a can of corn in baseball, which I, I've actually heard about this one. It, it refers to the stock boys in the grocery. They put the can of corn on the top shelf. They might need to take a stick. One of them would take a stick, knock it down. The other would stand underneath and catch it. So it's like catching a pop plot fly. So I've heard. So I've heard. There is a lot of references to fire in baseball. There's a flamethrower. There's a blazing fastball. There's the high heat. There's the scorching line drive, which all serve to indicate that for all the athletic feats, the displays of skill, some men just want to watch the ball burn. This brings <laughs> us to, of course, the refreshment at a baseball game. Now, you won't find pies at a baseball game, be it mincemeat, blueberry. They have other refreshments. They have the hot dog, which we've all heard about, the peanuts, the Cracker Jacks. But what you'll find at every venue, uh, the concession you'll find at every venue, is the popcorn. And if there's anything you know about me, Michael Caine, it's that I prefer my popcorn, buttery. I think that was your best yet. That was your best. <laughs> was there, I mean, you got the the want to watch the world burn. What does that? What does he say? <laughs> yeah, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, that's from, that's uh, outstanding. Yeah. That, good for you, Scott. Oh wow, well done, Scott White. Love it. All right, two star pitchers for fantasy week twenty eight or whatever we're at next week fifteen. Okay, any question marks? Jake Odorizzi coming off uh, kind of a rough start at Oakland and home against Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'd still start him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, things have been regressing here recently, but yeah, yeah Odorizzi. I yeah. got to get out of Kane. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <I want> to... <laughs> Fantasy baseball analyst. We can do this. First name Lorenzo, only spelled differently. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good one to get to kind of calibrate. Uh, Jack yeah. Flaherty at Seattle at San Francisco. Um, who was it again? I'm sorry. J Jack Flaherty at Seattle. Jack Flaherty. Oh, that was yeah. terrible. At Seattle and at yeah, San Francisco. I think those matchups 
easy. But I probably would any two-star week for Flaherty, even coming off an awful start. Uh, how about Matt Boyd at the White Sox and home against Boston? Matt Boyd is an easy call, too. Yes. Ross Stripling, like, listed as a two-star pitcher, is that is he going to actually make two starts that are long enough to justify starting him against Arizona and San Diego? That's a good question. I don't think in many cases I'd be willing to roll the dice on him. You Darvish is Not at until Pittsburgh. we know exactly. Oh, sorry. You uh, Darvish is at Pittsburgh and at the White Sox. <laughs> Points league, I'd probably do it. Roto league, I'd probably want it. Dallas Keuchel, Philadelphia and Miami at home. Uh, probably also just a points league thing. Though I think he's easier to justify than Darvish in categories. All right, that's Keuchel. How about this one's really tough. Joe uh, Griffin Canning, very good start yesterday at Texas and at Houston. Yikes. Now, he has faced good opponents before, great opponents. Five innings, one run against Texas. Six innings, three runs against the Dodgers. But how do you feel about at Texas and at Houston? Both yeah. Those, those games were home, I think I just he's mentioned. good enough. And I know like the fact he's not 80% owned yet is, it amazes me. But I think he's good enough that I, I'm willing to run him out there with any matchup. Now, the one shortcoming he has shown is a vulnerability to fly ball. And these wouldn't be, I mean, vulnerability to the home run because of the fly balls. Yeah. And this wouldn't be, uh, this, these could be matchups that burn him certainly, but burn him um, fi- fire. I, I think the skills are good. Like he has a sub one whip. I know he has what would be the fourth best swinging strike rate in baseball. If he qualified, I think he's really good. Griffin canning Joe Musgrove Cubs and Milwaukee. Another tough one, but pitching well lately. Yeah, less than must start. I'd put him... I would start him definitely in points leagues, but uh, I, I guess I'd be more likely to start him than either Keuchel and Darvish and Rota. Zach Allen at Washington at Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not in a Roto, but definitely in points. Not for sure he's going to make the two starts, obviously, because Caleb Smith has to bump somebody at some point. All right, then we talked about Pavetta, Logan Allen, Matt Strom. Logan Allen is Scott's favorite there. Uh, then we have deeper leagues. Dylan Bundy, Tyler Malley, Chase Anderson, Ariel Harado, Jeff Samarja, Trent Thornton, Jake Junis, Ronaldo Lopez, Jason Vargas, who's been pitching better lately, Wade LeBlanc, who's been pitching very well. I'm surprised we have him listed as a two-start pitcher when he's been using uses with an opener. Daniel Megden, Adrian Hauser, Glenn Sparkman, Clayton Richard. Anybody, Scott? Anybody at all? Uh, no. Okay. No, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing a lot. I'm willing to roll the dice on there. Mengden was good in his last start, but Minnesota, and I don't think he's good. So, um, no. Okay. I'd rather not roll the dice on any of that. That's it for us. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed Michael Kane. Thanks for your emails. Uh, had like. 60 emails this morning just from last night. So I try my best to (laughs) respond to some and put some on the show. But just be aware, we get a lot. Can't answer all of them, and I am sorry about that. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Baseball Today.